A Legislative Council special on Perspective this week with Dawn Kinnish presenting her case to become one of our representatives in LegCo. And in a programme of two halves, we also have young pretender Connor Keenan, who's trying for a second time to win a LegCo place. We'll begin with Dawn Kinnish, who's making her first attempt at the LegCo election. I began by asking Dawn to tell us a little bit about her background. Certainly. I, um, I'm i not Manx-born. I was born in Leicestershire and I came to the Isle of Man in 1997. Um, however, I'd been coming to the Isle of Man since 1979. Um, I'm the uh, daughter of a, a TT racer and TT winner, so spent quite a lot of time um, in that period for the racing. But in 1997, I'd been spending quite a lot of time coming to and from the Isle of Man in the, the few years leading up to that. And a very good friend said, um, Dawn, why why don't you think about coming to the Isle of Man? You spend more time here than you realise. And I thought, well, I've just finished my law degree. I've just finished my solicitor's finals. Um, let's give it a try. So I came, I immediately settled and I started work with a trust company and I did a few years for them. Then I went to work for uh, a company, big accountancy company doing insolvency work. Um, and then Three years into that, uh, I started to review whether I should continue or finish, actually, my legal training. So I only needed to do another two years, my articles. Um, I literally stepped out of the door on Athol Street and uh, next door into the next door building, completed my articles there. um, And then I was called to the Manx Bar as an advocate in 2005. Um, I then uh, practiced for a few years across different areas of law. Um, but then I, uh, uh, well, in fact, during the, towards the end of my articles, I uh, had my first child. Uh, I then went on to have uh, a large family in a very short time. So I, I had four children under the age of four at one time. So I, uh, I decided to take a career break, um, which, you know, was, was the right thing to do. It was, it was a fulfilling period for me. Um, but actually, during that time, I also uh, joined the Health, Ser- Health Services Consultative Committee. Uh, so I undertook my very first scrutiny role um, uh, looking at the healthcare system. Um, when the youngest, uh, my youngest two are twins, when they were just looking at uh, starting school, uh, I, uh, I looked at a job as a, as a law lecturer for the college uh, on their degree programmes. So I went along initially as a, a part-time uh, sessional lecturer. Uh, and that was a good, good, good dip into dip, dip your toe in the water and, and just see if you like it. I really enjoyed it. They had a full time post coming up, and then very quickly I was appointed to that uh, post as a full time law lecturer. That then meant I went on and did my teaching qualifications, so I have a, a dual professionalism, uh, and I undertook that role for about four years, delivering uh, right across uh, different types of law. And I remember some of my colleagues actually from the firm I used to work for said, you never really know a subject until you have to teach it. And <laughs> absolutely right. Um, I left that role to take a job in the Cabinet Office as the Government Equality Advisor. Uh, and one of the reasons for doing that, I love teaching, I love being with the students, but one of the subjects that I taught was equality legislation. And as I delivered that equality legislation training, uh, it was at a time when we didn't have that legislation here on the island. The bill was going through the branches. So the students and I were following that through the branches, uh, quite interested in the processes. Uh, And then suddenly an an advert was there. It was asking for the equality advisor to implement that Equality Act. And it needed somebody who knew about that legislation. So I felt that that role for me actually fulfilled both my legal 
uh, expertise as well as teaching practice, you know, delivering presentations, speaking to people, engaging with people. Uh, so that role was for three years. Uh, I implemented the Act, uh, associated regulations and drafted the uh, necessary codes of practice during that period. Actually, what that did, that role, it allowed me to engage right across government, across all the different departments. Uh, so when you think about uh, working in silos, actually that didn't happen. It was about bringing people together, cross-engagement, but it also exposed me to the political interface very, very closely. Uh, so bringing things through uh, Tim Ward processes, council of ministers processes, um, helping with ministerial questions. Uh, so it gave it gave a real insight into the political process. I then uh, finished that role because that was a, a limited term contract and then started a consultancy. So I offer uh, equality advice, uh, accessibility advice at the moment on a consultancy basis, as well as uh, a volunteer director for Isle of Pride, which I've done uh, for the last couple of years, delivering the islands to uh, Pride festivals, working as part of a team. Uh, and then I'm also involved in the uh, Garth Road Safety uh, Partnership, working partnership as a parent representative. And finally, I'm a voluntary secretary for uh, our local sailing club down in Laxey. Gosh. Um, and and your experience with government didn't uh, think uh, make you think, oh, I should run a mile from this? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, my experience of government is a very positive one. I think you, you find that there is a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy, um, a lot of willingness for change. Uh, so I, I didn't feel a negative experience at all. Um, but I really enjoyed that that engagement uh, across government. So no, actually, it had the opposite effect for me, uh, where it, it, it ignited that interest further to really understand uh, how that political interface interacted with government and, and how to bring about change. That we hear a lot in, in uh, discussions about the, the Legislative Council about, uh, well, some people favour the idea that we need more lawyers in, in Legislative Council, um, that uh, we need people who know how law works to, to, to be able to do the scrutiny properly. Uh, what, what's your, I mean, I, I'm guessing that you, you would, wouldn't necessarily argue wholly against that, but uh, what, what is your view on that? My view is that we should have a, a representation, a diverse representation. So yes, I do bring a legal skill set to that role, what that allows me to do is to hit the ground running effectively. So I understand how laws are developed. I understand the drafting, understand the interpretation, understand uh, the differences between primary, secondary regulations. So I understand all of the process. Um, so it does give me uh, an, an added skill set. But I think it's quite right not to have eight lawyers sitting around the table. Um, I think it's better to have that diverse range of input but equally, it allows um, an additional lens to be looked through when you're sharing those ideas, when you're debating those ideas. And, and it, it does allow you to pick up things that other people may not pick up, um, but also share those skills. You know, and that's what I would expect from everybody around the table when you're all bringing something different is to share those skills. So I don't think it is essential to come to this role as a lawyer, but I do think it just brings a valued skill set to, to allow you to develop that role into that role very quickly. And having... Um, tried to get my head round what it is that uh, Keys members think Legislative Council should be uh, and, and failed miserably, it's fair to say. Uh, what, what do you think the, 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 the core role of being a member of the Legislative Council is? 
The Chamber is a revising chamber, so it's about scrutiny of the legislation. Um, I think the best analogy that I would give to this is if you were going to court or to, to tribunal and you had your case heard by a number of people and they all gave their view and there was an outcome from that hearing and you didn't agree with that view or you felt that there was something was overlooked or had been missed, then you would expect an appeal process. So I almost see that as the analogy. It's uh, you will have something delivered at one level and then there's a, a revising scrutiny challenge role at a different different level. So that's how I, I see Legislative Council. It's just that second layer of scrutiny, of checks, of governance, of challenge um, to make sure that what is being delivered is fit for purpose and, and matches those intended policy outcomes. And of course, uh, that's all well and good in terms of the Legislative Council Chamber and the, the business in, in, in LegCo. But clearly, you also uh, sit as a member of Timwald. Some would say that, uh, you know, you're uh, that there are nine votes in, in, in LegCo, 24 in Key, so your vote actually counts for, for quite a bit more because effectively, uh, on an initial vote, LegCo can defeat uh, Keys in Tinwald. That's right, yes. And being a member of Tinwald, it's important, it's a debating chamber, it's important to be able to bring evidence-based argument into that chamber so that people can hear different perspectives and from hearing those different perspectives can then take a vote on that. And I suppose the the, the other obvious question uh, that I would ask um, is uh, what actually motivates you to, to, to want to be a member of the Legislative Council? I think it's because I'm always passionate about change. Um, I, I'm, I'm very easy to sit uh, and criticise uh, um, if I think things should be changed so why not put yourself out there to bring about that change uh, to be part of that process to de- de- develop that change I do recognise the Allen plan has a huge legisl- legislative programme um, there's a significant, significant amount of legislation that needs to be brought through so Legislative Council are going to be very busy uh, in, in looking at that legislation but that's what I'm passionate about I'm passionate about bringing that change making sure that it's fit for purpose for our society and making sure that it fits those policy outcomes. And those policy outcomes should be from proper engagement and consultation with our society. And politically, I mean, I've asked a number of candidates and some have been more open uh, in terms of their answers than others. Uh, what, what, what drives you politically? What, what issues make you angry or, or, or happy, perhaps? Well, I think because I've um, I've implemented the Equality Act, uh, I I work in the field of equality now. Inequality is is what drives me. So I think uh, bringing that skill set, that insight, that understanding of the Equality Act, you know, it was a huge, huge piece of legislation. It is a complex piece of legislation. Is understanding different perspectives and how they are impacted so inequality is huge whether it's across education whether it's across healthcare, it impacts right across all pieces of le- all pieces of legislation so that's the part where i would want to drive change so i would want to make sure that in the, the pre-policy process uh, and in the in the bill development process that the public sector equality duty has been complied with uh, and what that means is looking at different people's needs making sure that we are meeting those people's needs by applying the equality duty and then that should then deliver better outcomes. So inequality is the bit that really uh, does 
set the fire alight in my belly, yeah. And you've already described uh, in this interview that you are quite active in the community in which you live, in, in the sort of uh, the northeast of the island. Um, should you, well, should a member of, of your community come to you with, with, a, with a problem, uh, what would you do? Um, I think the important thing is to understand initially the issues. Um, it may be that the issues that are brought to you are not within your skill set, your knowledge. The, the most important thing is to signpost that individual to the right place. So you, you definitely cannot go in with the idea that you can fix everything. Um, I think you'd very quickly become overwhelmed. So it's about signposting that person to get the proper support. I mean, if they come to you and you think that this is a legislative uh, need, uh, and this is something that happens quite a lot, um, is, is people come to me for advice, particularly where there's been an inequality, particularly connected to disability. Um, they don't know which direction they're going in. They don't know where the laws are. Um, so it's about signposting people to that. And, and I see that as a continued role, should I be successful. The, uh, I mean, the, I suppose one of the reasons I asked that question was um, because there does seem to be a view amongst some Keys members and LegCo members that um, there are members for particular areas in, in, in LegCo. Um, this, this has never been the case in the past. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, do you think? Well, I think you you can... You can never be the master of everything. So I think it's always important to recognise the knowledge, experience, the skill set. Any individual who's involved uh, in politics brings to that to that role. And it's about, as I said earlier, right at the outset of this interview, it's about sharing that, those skills and knowledge sometimes. But at the same time, it's about engaging with those people and, and, and putting people with those right skill sets. So Yes, you will be applying your skills across a whole range of different legislation. You know, there will be some things where my strengths are there. Uh, there will be other areas where other members would have particular strengths. So I think that's where teamwork is really important, is to bring together everybody's skill sets and make the most of those skill sets. And again, that brings back to the point about the diversity of membership. Uh, um, having that diversity of membership always brings a different perspective and a different lens. Okay, um, I'll try and ask the question one more time in a slightly different way. Um, would you be a representative for the Laxey, Lonnan, uh, Mackled area if you were elected to uh, the Legislative Council? I think you're a representative for the whole island, not, not just the area in which you live. You are clearly more visible in the area in which you live but I don't think that uh, you should apply yourself uniquely to that area. You are representing the whole island and um, trying to engage widely um, to represent those different perspectives and views. Moving to a, a different area then, um, only 24 of the people potentially listening to this uh, programme actually have a vote uh, with regards to the Legislative Council. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think the system is the system. Uh, I I think I have picked up uh, various views along the way during this engagement process. Whether the system should remain as it is, uh, it's not really for me to say. Uh, whether it should be reviewed, I don't think we should ever be static about things. I think we should always reflect on what is working, what is not working. Should the system be changed? 
it's difficult because you you talk to some um they give one view you talk to others they give another view are they going to engage in the process aren't they going to engage in the process it is so up in the air is that the right way for the process to be rolled out um, and i think from a public perspective you you know a lot of people have a view on on legislative council and the process should we be listening more to whether there should be change to that process probably um and should it be reviewed is never any harm in a review um listen to what people say whether it should be changed what the positives are what the negatives are so yeah it's i i don't feel i can comment on the 24 votes but i think i feel i can comment on 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 the process uh, is probably not as um clear cut as as everybody would probably like to see and, and of course a lot of people would say oh well there they are uh, navel gazing again when we ever discuss constitutional reform um, is is um, constitutional reform just a, a, a kind of a an unnecessary luxury or is actually getting the system fit for purpose a little bit more important than that? No, I think you should have a, a fit for purpose system because society evolves, um, things change, mindsets change. Um, when I when I was a teacher, it was really insightful to to spend time with the age range of uh, from 16 to to 24 year olds predominantly and understand their their viewpoints and how they see things differently and you know through my own lens i'm in my 50s i see it differently i've got four teenage children in the house now they see things differently so we have to constantly review where we're at and whether things are fit for purpose it, trying to get my children trying to get the students to read newspapers non-start i would ask weekly who reads the newspaper are you keeping up to speed with what's going on in the world what's going on locally they don't read the newspapers put it on tiktok they'll see it they'll engage with it so processes have to be reviewed all the time constitutional processes are we are we reaching the electorate are we reaching the people of the isle of man with the messaging that we need to reach so you do need to reform and re review and reform constantly because because society changes and evolves. During your time then as, um, um, I don't know what, equality... Equality advisor. Equality advisor. Um, were there any, any particular examples of the relationship between government and, and, and uh, Timwald uh, that you thought, yes, that, that works really well, or perhaps other areas where, where maybe uh, you thought, mm, gosh, if only they could do such and such, it would be so much simpler? Not not specifically, Phil. I think because I was always bringing um, particular items uh, to the agenda, um, you know, we would have a set purpose as to what we were going to achieve. You know, we may be bringing some regulations in or, um, or, or, or laying things before Tim Walden. Um, so I think the process is weren't necessarily particularly contentious that we were we were delivering um found that we had very good engagement um you know we we would often spend time engaging with the politicians before we delivered something so that they were very clear about what it was we were going to deliver uh, and they could digest it i think particularly with the equality act i think it's something like 243 pages long you know it's a significant piece of legislation in fact when it came through the branches which was before my time um 
a lot of the Hansard referred to the fact that this was such a significant piece of legislation and, and how should this be managed and should we break this down into sections and, and I think at one time it was coming up to the end of an administration and the start of a new one and it was quite important not to sort of have a break in that debate. Um, so the, the different processes, um, I, I've been quite privileged in my personal engagement has been quite effective uh, when I've had to uh, engage on the political interface. So I wouldn't be able to make any comment that I've, I've had a negative experience. We've heard this week from Nicholas Sturgeon about the incredible and immense pressure of being constantly in the public eye and a, a, a leading figure in public life. Uh, that, that enormous pressure that, that that's brought to bear upon the person in that position. Are you ready for this? Yes, this was this was something uh, that I gave deep consideration to. So being in the public eye, uh, subject to public scrutiny, um, it was one of the questions that um, I I asked of several members um, how they felt that impacted on their lives, on their family lives. Because I have a family, it's very important um, to me and to my family that this works. Um, so I have asked that question. Um, it is a difficult one. I think uh, not, I do use social media, um, but I, at the same time, there's plenty of people who who will use social media in a negative way. And I think it's making sure that you don't get yourself dragged down into that negative zone and that you use social media for a positive purpose to achieve positive outcomes. So yeah, it's a difficult thing. It's hard. I think that's the biggest barrier, putting yourself up uh, for election uh, is knowing that you're going to be uh, scrutinised publicly, uh, but I, the way I'm viewing it is, uh, uh, it's a, it's, it's something I've wanted to do. Uh, whatever the outcome, this will have been um, a positive journey. I will, in fact, already I've learned quite a lot from it. Um, I've learned different viewpoints. Again, I'm seeing things through different perspectives. I'm understanding more about processes. So all of that lends itself to more experience, more knowledge, and I'm sure. Uh, all of it will be useful in the future, whatever the outcome. So when you are going round um, touting your wares to, to the various Keys members, um, what is, is what, what are you saying to them? What, how are you selling uh, your, yourself? I mean, we've just got a few minutes left now. Well, I, I've asked them what, what, they, um, what their expectation is of legislative council. How does it work for them? Um, quite a lot will ask you whether or not... Um, about joining departments, what, what, whether you should do that, whether you should not do that. And should you? Um, I take a view that if you are in a department, you will see the development of policy. You will see the development of the legislation. It will give you a much greater understanding of the legislation. And I think that will assist the process by the time it comes through to the branches. So I do think there is value in being involved in departmental work. And what what of, of your winning arguments would you say are, are, are hitting home best um, with, with the, the audience? I think uh, it's um, because I've had quite a lot of interaction with the with the political interface. I think it's well recognised that I bring the equality dimension to the table as well as my legislative skill set. Um, so uh, as and, and a collaborator, you know, I'm a very strong people person. I like to engage with people. So. I, I think those skills um, are quite well recognised with, with quite a number of members already, um, but there are other members who I am still yet to engage with, 
um, to to share some of those experiences because certainly uh, some of the newer politicians wouldn't have had any engagement with me. So there's there's still work to be done. And in terms of a legacy, assuming that uh, you you were successful, what what would what would you hope to be remembered for in five years' time? Um, that I have made a solid contribution to public life. That I can. Uh, develop legislation that is fit for purpose, that is in plain English, uh, that meets the intended policy outcomes and um, and also addresses inequalities. Are you getting any feel from the Keys that there is a collective view about um, what they're looking for? No, not really. I mean, there are some similarities uh, in their views, but I think... I think one of the key th- key things that I am picking up is that it's important to get the legislation moving and through. The, the legislative program is significant in the Ireland plan, and and and, and everybody, ha- you know, depending on the departments that, that they may be working with, has got an agenda to bring that through. So it's a, it's a, it's the efficiency um, of the process that is really important to a lot of people, um, uh, and and collaborative engagement. That was Legco wannabe Dawn Kinnish. Connor Keenan stood for LegCo in the election which took place following Jane Poole Wilson and Kate Lord Brennan's election to the House of Keys. So what has motivated him to stand again? Hi Phil, yeah, a second attempt. Um, I had had a go uh, about 15 months ago now, November 2021, 20, um, but I was uh, unfortunately unsuccessful. Um, I've put myself forward again and um, based on... A lot on kind of feedback I had from from members last time when they spoke to me. Um, I've, it's given me enough encouragement to uh, to have another go. I, I've dedicated the last year to trying to improve my suitability as well. Um, I've done lots of kind of specific training courses. I know there's there's kind of no political qualifications as such, um, but I've done a little bit of scrutiny specific training with some some bodies in England. Um, so I feel that's put me in good stead. Um, and similar to last time, really, I, I feel like I offer a, a, a unique perspective, to be honest, to um, Legislative Council. Um, I'm clinging on to my youth as we speak now, so I feel like I can bring, a, as I say, a different a different viewpoint to, to Council and, and more widely to Timbald as well. And for those who don't know much about your background, uh, t- yeah, tell us a little bit about, about who you are and, and what you are. Yeah, so I was I was born on the island. Um, my Father's Irish, I mean, my mother's Manx. Um, was initially brought up in in Crosby, so I spent a lot of time in in Crosby and Round. Um, went to, to QE2. Um, went to university, the, the kind of usual route. Come back, uh, started working for Barclays when I when I first returned to the island. Um, didn't really float my boat to be honest, so um moved around a little bit did a little bit of government work with department of infrastructure uh, road safety team and then when i was 24 25 i can't remember now i i went and did me me teacher training um after a little spell at castle russian as a, as a teaching assistant so i've been teaching up in ramsey for the last uh i think it's eight eight nine years now i think very good and uh in, in terms of those experiences um what 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 um what has motivated you to think actually I need to be in the legislative council? You know, is there something particular that's happened there that that makes you think that? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the the, the council itself is, is is more there for that kind of scrutiny, transparency, accountability, uh, a role. Um, 
some of the various positions I've had within teaching, so that my, my career's kind of gone down a, a bit of a, a governance and administrative route. Um, so I was, I've just recently been re-elected as a school governor, for example. Um, I was previously president of the National Education Union um, as well. So for me, it just feels like more of a natural fit. Um, as I say, with, with some of the experiences I've had career-wise, it's, it's more gone down that kind of governance administrative route, um, which I think aligns itself more with, with kind of the, the roles, responsibilities and duties of, of LegCo. It's been said about LegCo that it's... Uh, well, I mean, the, the part of the problem I think uh, people like me have as, as commentators is we're not entirely clear what LegCo's for these days. Um, um, but it has been said in the past that it should have or represent some sort of aldermanic uh, bench with people who've lived fairly long uh, uh, lives with lots of experiences to be in there. Um, I presume that you would argue otherwise. Yeah, I would. Um, as I say, for, for me, um, obviously we had the, the List Vane report in the in the kind of recent past. Um, what one of the main recommendations obviously coming out was was kind of increased breadth, sorry, of uh, of diversity. Um, that kind of diversity of thought is something I think that I can definitely offer. Um, as I say, with the the sort of unique perspective that I feel I could bring. And. S- I, I suppose the other obvious question that people will ask is, well, you're relatively young. Um, why why would you not think about going for the House of Keys? Uh, because, um, you know, you, 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 uh, if you wish to change the world, uh, the chances are you've, you've got better chance, uh, I, I suppose, in, in the House of Keys than you would in, in LegCo. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the big, the big question, or certainly the, the one I've had in kind of both both attempts I've had at it is is kind of why not the keys route. Um, for me, that the two really, really distinct roles, and just linking back to your previous question there, in terms of people not perhaps knowing exactly what it's about, that was something I definitely uh, picked up the last time around, and even now, there's there is a lot of I think education that can be done around the role of legislative council, what it does. Um, so for me, in terms of why not for Keys, uh, as I say, Keys is your real, your real main policy driver. For me, in my experiences, I, I quite often agree with, with most policies, to be honest. It's not that I want to come in and revolutionise things. Um, it's just that kind of tweaking element. So I almost, as I say, with, the, with where I am on the, the front line, if you like, so to speak, I'm not a senior position or anything. Um, I feel like I represent, or I, sorry, I feel like I see those inaccuracies if you like in legislation in practice and i feel that i could bring that perspective just to just to make sure that the legislation is exactly representing the policy that the policy drivers want to implement and obviously the the legislative council the work of the legislative council is very much about scrutinizing legislation and generally because keys has supremacy in these matters Anything that's discussed in, in LegCo or decided on in LegCo, if it's different to what Keys had originally intended, uh, it has to go back to Keys for their uh, subsequent approval or rejection. Um, so so that, I think that element of the relationship is clear. Uh, but, but when you go into Tinwald, uh, you are an equal um, member. In fact, it could be argued you have a, a stronger vote than, than Keys, certainly for the initial vote. Uh, in 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 Tinwald, um, and and Tinwald is is about debating national policy, and uh, discussing things like the, the the budget. So so um, 
what you're saying in terms of the legislative uh, uh, scrutiny is, is fine, but you, you are still a national politician, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, as I say, that was something that I, that I tried to emphasise last time round, is I, I really do understand this role. I, I understand the position it is. I understand the roles and responsibilities that come with it. I understand the discrete differences between this and and a, a House of Keys position. Um, but you're quite right to highlight that in terms of one of the it's it's looked at LegCo obviously as a scrutinizing body, but crucially you are there as a as a voter member, a contributing member of Timwold, potentially a committee member as well in terms of the wider parliamentary stuff. Um and I think that, that needs to be I think that should be emphasized actually a little bit more to the public as well. Um in terms of, of LegCo going, uh, going forward, I would like to see that evolve a little bit. I mean I think I think members of the Legislative Council, there's, there's no reason why they can't be um made to justify their votes, uh, their, their contributions in Timwold. You know, as I say, I know there's not the, necessarily the public vote there, um, but they're still on Hansard with with what they vote, they're still on Hansard with what they say, um, so they, they certainly should feel comfortable, any member of Legislative Council, to justify that, that position or that stance that they take uh, within Timwold. Should members of the Legislative Council be voted in by the public? Uh, it's a tricky one. I, I personally have no problem with this. Um, obviously, this is another big one that comes up, and it's certainly come up the last time round. Um, if this was a public election, I would still be sat here now in front of you. I, it's it's the position that, that that I feel I that I am or would be good at. Um, so if this was a publicly elected position, I'd, I'd still be sat here now. Um, there are nuanced problems, I think, that come with, with it being publicly elected. Um, some people obviously talk about a an island-wide mandate that's not something i subscribe to i, I don't believe that at all because as i say i think the mandate's for a, a totally different position um i don't have any problems with it being publicly elected i can see pros with it being publicly elected i can see pros with it being indirectly elected as well um something i mentioned last time uh, was was perhaps is there any scope to perhaps have some sort of hybrid model um for example like the irish senate i know there's various ways of getting into that um i know that would get a little bit tricky if someone was to leave and in a potential what's effectively a by-election um but that that's certainly something i think there's the scope to investigate as to, to whether there is maybe a hybrid model and um, to see does it work and then ultimately people might might make their mind up from there as to whether public election is the way forward so so in ireland um, for example universities can vote or, or, or um, elect, elect it, yeah. a, a, a particular um, um professor or doctor or whoever it may be to to represent uh, academia is it that sort of thing that you're thinking about uh, it, it, that, that's only obviously a, a near example of it um i don't think we need to be as prescriptive as that over here to be honest it's just that there would be perhaps out of the four positions up for grabs two indirectly elected two public elected um as i say it's it's a hypothetical at the minute but um i think it's something that that, that potentially could be looked at to um to assess whether it's viable, um, crucially to assess whether it's actually, with all due respect, enough interest to it. You know, in terms of the education of things, um, it'd be interesting to see if there was a public ballot what the uh, what the turnout on, on it would be for a for a, a member for legislative council as well. Um, but yeah, as I say, the Irish example is just one that I think is on our doorstep. But I, for me, initially, I don't think it would need to be. Um, as prescriptive as saying it would need to be an, an academic or somebody from a certain field. How would you respond to people who will say, uh, as they do, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and uh, just crack on and uh, carry on with what we've got? In terms of the election process? 
Um, I, I'd I'd be fine with that as well. As I say, I, I can see pros to it being uh, elected in the way it is now, in that the keys members can look around and see, well, we've got strengths and weaknesses in certain areas of uh, knowledge bases and certain areas of other things. And they actually feel that like they're in a stronger position to pick uh, a lot from a lineup of people that might fit the gaps in the, in the, the kind of wider Timbald family, if you like. So as I say, for me, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with it, with it either way or the other. I don't have particularly uh, strong feelings that it should be publicly elected, but equally I'm not sat here saying it shouldn't be publicly elected either. Recognising that, uh, that part of your role, at least, will be to uh, be a national politician and, and have views on, on a range of different policies and, and uh, politics, um, what, what actually motivates you politically? What, what floats your, your political boat? Um, as I say, I obviously have my own political opinions on, on, on various uh, issues, island-wide and, and more globally. Um, I, I don't necessarily think Lesko is actually a position for me to to go and try and promote those. Obviously, as I say, if that, if I if I felt that strongly about them, um, it would be the keys route or perhaps local authority route that I, that I should be going down. Um, so I I have my own my own views um, on various things. I, I like to think I'm quite centrist on issues. Um, I, I kind of look at issues as they arise, sort of thing, quite, quite pragmatically. I think, and then would make a decision when one way or the other. Um, and as I say, I think that kind of balance and that objectivity that I look at and perhaps bring would, would, would again, be something that would be useful to, to LegCo. What do you think makes uh, for good legislative scrutiny? Uh, I think assessment of uh, what is in legislation, also what isn't in legislation, um, making sure that, as I say, the legislation fits the policy that it's that's behind it, uh, making sure that there's no kind of unintended consequences or something that's been overlooked or anything like that, as I say, that's, um, that might be a problem later down the line. Um, one of the things that was mentioned to me last time, actually, was uh, perhaps the wording of legislation. Obviously, there has, it has to be underpinned with, with legal frameworks and legal language. Um, perhaps is there some sort of way that we could make the, the legislation a little bit more applicable um, to to the, the average man on the street as well. That would be perhaps something to, to look at. I'm not sure the average man on the street, or woman for that matter, would, would thank you for, for, for being uh, able to understand legislation any better. They, they, in a way, that's why we elect yeah. people to LegCo and, and, and Keys. But um, I suppose the, the, the other obvious question that many people, many MHKs, will, will be interested to know your answer uh, is um, should members of the Legislative Council serve in government departments? Again, yeah, it's just, it's, you're right, as I say, it's, it's always the big one that comes up and it was one that mentioned to me last time. Um, I, I don't sit here desperate to get into a, part, into a department, sorry. Um, for me, I think once you've got the, the kind of timbled lineup established, if you like, with its key members and, and Legislative Council members, for me, it would be about getting the best skill sets across. Um, if that involves... Uh, a legislative council member being on the department, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Um, but obviously, what is really important in there is that it's that they're not they're not having dictating on any any policy matters at all. Um, it's it is quite right that the the ultimate policy should be determined by the by the publicly elected members within the department. Um, so I I don't again quite sort of centrist on the issue. I I think there's potential. Um, I I wouldn't think every 
legislative council member would be suited to a, par- a department, but I think there is perhaps some scope for for, for some of them. Um, obviously, as a as a legislative council member, you you're there as a parliamentarian as well. Um, so it might be that it, it doesn't have to be a government department. There could also be some other kind of parliamentary roles that, that might be more suited. It's fair to say. Maybe it's not fair to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I think you probably would make an excellent uh, member of a department or indeed uh, government minister because um, you, your answers so far very much seem to be on the one hand and yet on the other. Uh, so you're, you're very balanced, um, but perhaps... Um, people listening in might still be saying yeah but what does he actually believe in what what motivates him because politics uh, any sort of politics whether you're in the keys or indeed in legco tends to be um it, it takes over your life and uh, you 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 have to be pretty much full on and, uh, and intensive about the way you go about your work um effectively you're going to be doing this for five years so you'll need some driving force some motivation to to actually uh, uh, keep, keep up with the uh, enormous pressures that you'll be facing yeah as i say it would depend on on a specific issue if i was to be questioned on a specific issue i, I could let you know my thoughts one way or the other um but as i say i'm i'm just kind of quite centrist in nature it would, it would all depend on what the issue was some people would say i'd be left leaning some people would say i'd be right leaning it, it would all just be dependent on the issue um but as I say, I, I think that's actually a strength in legislative council. I think that's that's what I would bring is that that kind of objective rigor. Um, obviously, in keys at the minute, we've got if you take Kroger for example, you've got polar opposite opinions on the house. There, you're never going to get um, you're never going to get a unanimous decision one way or the other. And I think a, a strength of legislative council and a strength that I would bring is, as I say, I can I can step back from the the kind of politicalness, if you like, from that look at both sides of the argument from a, an, an objective position and then ultimately vote and contribute as I seem fit. Um, so as I say, I, th- I think that that objectivity is actually a strength of, of a legislative council member. You are, you're there to make sure that things are right and things work well. You're not there to perhaps meet a manifesto commitment. You're not there to perhaps tow the, the, the departmental or government line if you're a Komen member or a, a departmental member. Um, so I actually think that, that kind of objectivity and that 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 centrist uh, idea is is something that's actually a strength of a of a Legco member. In terms of the, the the training that you've you've undertaken over the course of the last twelve uh, to eighteen months, tell us a little bit more about what you've done there. Yeah, so as I say, it's 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 something that I after the last election I thought. Uh, I'm going to have to do something if I want to give this another go. I, too, I, I was very disappointed the last time not to get in. Um, and it might be that it was actually a, a benefit because it really has focused my mind. Um, so again, just to, just to say, I, I know there's no kind of political qualification. I don't sit here as, as kind of bragging like that as such. Um, but I did some work with something called the, uh, the Local Government Information Unit, uh, who do a lot of work with um, UK councils, UK county councils, UK city councils. So I did some... Uh, question uh, scrutiny question skills for scrutiny sorry um work with those guys and then i, I did a few little seminars with with someone called the center for governance uh, and scrutiny as well um i've also done a few little other bits and pieces just around some some work related stuff as well which again kind of underpin that that administration element if you like as well and what would you say the key elements were that you've learned over the the, the 
the recent past? Uh, in, it's, it, finding out information, actually. You know, it's 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 one thing getting the information that you're told, but it's another thing getting the information that you need, for example. Um, so I, I feel in a stronger place to, you know, to try and drill down that, um, be it if it was needing to be a question in Timwald, if it was needing to be a, a bit of committee work or whatever it might be. So I think, yeah, def- definitely definitely the, the, the skills of, of getting the answers that you, that you need, really. And I suppose another obvious question that uh, many people would be interested to know the answer to is um, if you are elected... Um, you'll be there for five years. So, so what what's going to be different because uh, Connor Keenan uh, is a member of the Legislative Council as opposed to any of the others that may wish to stand? Yeah, I'm. I I feel that the, the position. I think there's I think there's a a real area that the positions within Legco, be it whoever the, the members are. I think they they can evolve. Um, but I also would see myself evolving in that, as I say, the last time round when I was unsuccessful, it was only for a short term. Uh, this time, with a, with a five-year term, I could really see myself kind of getting in and, and evolving in the position, if you like. Um, I think perhaps just linking back to what, what I mentioned there before, maybe that kind of public accountability, I think there's, I think that could be improved. Um, that's something I'm, I'm quite comfortable with. As I say, I'm, a, I'm currently a teacher, so... Um, island wide you'll go out you'll see somebody you'll see somebody you know that they'll want to question you perhaps they'll um and i'm kind of comfortable with that public element um and as i say i, I think that uh the public should and, uh, and perhaps want to know um what legislative council's decisions are what their thought processes are what their votes are um so so for me it would be almost like an evolution in terms of of the information that perhaps legislative council can 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 get out, um, that that would be how I see things perhaps evolving, and certainly how I feel I could I could evolve along with it. Some some might argue, and um, that there are different variants of this argument that perhaps over the course of the last five years or so, uh, legislative council seems to be um, hiding itself behind a. a, a um, a bush, so uh, you know it's it's much less eager to be in the public eye, and indeed, that it's also reasonably fair to say that there may be many people uh, on the Isle of Man who haven't got uh, any idea who their members of the Legislative Council are. Do you think that that style of uh, or that that approach is is the right approach that Legco should? be subservient and take that sort of back seat compared with uh, keys or uh, would you be the sort of member of legco that would want to get out and explain yourself to the public on a, a reasonably I regular think, basis i think the idea that being an explanation is what it is as i say it's it certainly shouldn't be that legco members should be out shouting from the rafters um what their ideas are explaining what it is but as i say i think there's i think there's some scope for just that visibility to be improved um, potentially, as I say, or as you, as you just alluded to there, I think if you ask most people on the street, they could probably tell you who their their MHKs were. They could probably tell you who most ministers were. Um, but I think if you ask them who was their local or who was any member of, of legislative council, they perhaps might struggle. Um, in terms of being subservient, it's it's it should be that it's a a secondary function to the the main policy driving chamber, which is keys. Um, so they, they certainly shouldn't be competing for uh, 
time on Manx Radio to interview with you, for example. Um, but in terms of accessibility, I think that's something that I, I would certainly be open to. Um, but it, yeah, it, it certainly shouldn't be that they, they would that they would compete. I don't think with with those publicly elected members, but certainly it, perhaps an increased visibility. Um, but I, I think we have seen that, to be honest. Um, certainly with with some members members lately um, that that are very passionate about certain issues. So I, I think that it is changing slightly. Um, some people will say perhaps that they should be in the background. Um, I think the thing, the overarching thing for me for any legislative council debate is if you were to ask 100 people, you'd almost get 100 different replies on what LegCo is, what LegCo does, what LegCo should do. Um, it's kind of, no matter what iteration it's in, it's never going to be all things to all people. Okay, we've we've got to the 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 the, the vote. Um, members of the House of Keys are all sitting around, ready to vote, and several of them are undecided. You and maybe one other of the candidates uh, that they're not quite sure who will they go for. So, what would you think? What would you say to them? Uh, the the one reason why uh, you would make the better candidate. The one reason uh, why I'd make the better candidate is because I, I really do understand the position. Um, I understand its position within Timwald. I understand the specifics of the role. Um, and as I say, I feel like I've got a, a skill set which is transferable uh, across the, the kind of various aspects that's needed within Timwald. Um, coupled with the, the background and the, the perspective that I would bring, coupled with the, the sort of industry-specific work, if you like, um, that I've done in the last year or so, I think would make me... Uh, a really good candidate. That was LegCo candidate Connor Keenan. So what do you think? Is he up to the task? Will anything change if he gets elected? And what about Dawn Kinnish? Is she capable of helping steer us through the troubled waters that undoubtedly lie ahead? There's an open opportunity for all candidates to appear on Agenda and tell us what they stand for. Don't forget this programme is available as a podcast on Manx Radio's website. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn, Gonamayo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>